Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by one of our newest and favorite sponsors, and that is Photo IQ. Photo IQ offers digital photography online courses like none other of its kind. Okay, it's explained simply, concisely. There's no jargon, no overcomplications, and there are lessons for from beginner to intermediate photographer from ages 13 and up. It's the only digital photography course of its kind that offers online um, quizzes, personal feedback. You get to upload your your homework, and it'll help you build your own portfolio. It's going to be more in depth than anything you've probably taken in high school, and even if you took some like freshman level courses in college. Okay, and you can do this all socially distance from home you know we're all stuck in our houses under these uh lockdown restrictions and you know some of your schools aren't open well this is a great way to learn a new skill maybe develop an alternate source of income and get that side gig starting to sort of free yourself up so what i need you to do is go to photoiq.co and use the promo code fiction to get you 10% off. He offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. You got nothing to lose. So ditch those pathetic sunset pictures you guys have been taking. Go to photoiq.co, use promo code FICTION, and start learning how to take anything from camera basics, still life, food, landscapes, portraits, black and white, action photos, everything that you could possibly imagine. He's got a course for it. It's going to be better than anything you can find on YouTube. So go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION. All right, let's get on with the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, broadcasting once again deep behind enemy lines. And for those of you new listeners out there not familiar with the show, generally talk about politics and current events and some economics from a libertarian point of view. I am deviating from our schedule, our normal Monday-Thursday schedule this week. A couple reasons for that. I had some scheduling conflicts yesterday, and I was still trying to play some catch-up after the weekend on a lot of the stories that I wanted to talk about today, because there have been some new developments over the last few days or so with the whole Hunter Biden scandal. The, the laptops, the emails, text messages have come out. And so I was I was reading up on that a little bit to see if it was something I needed to discuss, and I think that it is. And I, I just didn't really have the, the time to get an episode in yesterday. And then Friday, I am doing um, the Lions of Liberty podcast. I'm going to be on with Mark Clare, 
doing like an interview kind of thing. So we're recording that Friday evening. The, the episode airs on Mondays. He, he does the Monday um, sort of flagship show, Lions of Liberty, where he usually interviews libertarians about whatever they're doing. So pretty excited about that. Um, I, I've been a fan of their podcast for a while, and I haven't actually done another podcast before. So this should be kind of interesting. Those guys all seem kind of cool, but it's just going to be me and Mark talking about me, I guess, and um, libertarianism in general. I'm sure we'll deviate down some interesting topics or whatever. Yeah, that's about it. I did um, I did take some time today to, uh, while I was doing some other work here, I, I was, um, I watched both, well, almost all of both of the town halls. So, oh, that's the other reason. <laughs> I knew there was a better reason for why I was recording Friday, because we've got the, the third debate. The, the, well, the, the second debate, but it's um, the final debate, of which there were supposed to be three. The second debate became this dueling town hall thing that I watched today. So I have a few thoughts on that. But Thursday is like the, the last debate before the election. It's a big deal for Donald Trump, in my opinion. Um, it's, I guess it's a big deal for both of them because Joe Biden, again, he just needs to survive. <laughs> He just needs to make it to the decision, right? He, he can't get knocked out, and that's a, a big accomplishment for Joe Biden. But this is there's, Trump has a lot riding on this. The race is starting to tighten a little bit, but his poll numbers are not looking great um, pretty much across the board. I, I have some of those, some new polls that came out that we're going to go over, hopefully, if we have time. But so Friday is going to be a debate recap show. That's why... Um, I, I sort of uh, that that was the main driving reason. I can't believe I forgot about that uh, as to why I changed up the schedule. But so yeah, I watched the <laughs> I watched the dueling town halls. I watched all of Trump's. I think it was only about an hour. Biden's looked like it was running a little longer, and it was just so much more boring than Trump's. I couldn't get through all of it, but I got the gist of it. And I mean, the gist of it was. He was in a very friendly environment. You know, you had George Stephanopoulos, who's like a you know former Clinton campaign guy, um, a- asking him the questions. So he he didn't get a lot of pushback on anything. There weren't any like combative moments that I saw or anything like that. It was kind of just like these softball questions, and he would answer them, and then there would be no pushback, no argument or anything like that, and they'd just move on to the next. Answer. I thought Biden did, from what I watched, a really good job. Like he seemed oddly coherent. Um, I didn't see. I mean, I only watched maybe a half hour of it, so I don't know if maybe he had some uh, some stumbles and fumbles later on. But initially, I mean, he's he's saying a bunch of bullshit that I completely disagree with. But as far as a Biden performance goes, I thought it was good. I thought it was just about as good as he could have done. And. The, the Trump thing was was very different. Uh, I forget the um, the host's name of that, but she was giving Trump a lot of pushback. They were basically debating each other for, for most of the, the town hall, which I thought was great. I, I enjoyed it. I think it would be much better if uh, Biden had gotten similar pushback from a hostile um, 
interviewer or whatever host of of the town hall because it it was just much more interesting and you get to see a a different dynamic i thought trump did a pretty good job as well fielding the uh, all of her uh, questions and she was you know she was interrupting him a lot and um giving him a lot of shit the uh the thing that still drives me crazy is the mask stuff and i just i don't know if i'm maybe i'm too obsessed with this i did <laughs> i saw my first person wearing a mask in the pool today and this is like beyond ridiculous this is i'm not talking about a pool that's like spring break pool overcrowded with hundreds of people you're kind of standing like ass to nuts with everybody no 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 okay the pool i have here is a small body of water i mean it's like several football fields in length okay it's huge it's enormous if you guys want to google it you can go ahead and google the peninsula Puerto Vallarta. there will be a body of water that looks like a lake next to the beach that's my pool it spans three different towers it's massive and it's a tuesday okay so basically what happens here since it's a, a condo complex and nobody's really taking vacations right now. At least the, the gringos aren't. No, the Canadians and the Americans typically come down in November and they stay till about May. Um, not the same people, obviously, but that's sort of the season when the Canadians and Americans come down. I don't know if that's going to hold true this year or not because of COVID. But so basically what happens now is there's just a lot of Mexicans that come down for the weekend from Guadalajara, from Guanajuato, Mexico City. They come down and they party, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then by Monday it's it's almost like a I, I, won't, I won't say a ghost town. There's there might have been 10 or 15 people down in this pool throughout um when I left it after sunset, but I mean, you could easily be uh keep like a a 50 yard distance from anybody and she was doing this during the day where there's even fewer people in in the pool i mean a lot of people come out for sunset and everything like that but this is like 2 30 in the afternoon i was taking a little little lunch break down at the pool and i see this this crazy lady down there with her mask on in the pool with nobody else around her nobody else in the pool really um just the the religiousness uh with and the fervor with people in these masks. So that was a big sort of back and forth that Trump had with, uh, God, I, I keep forgetting that lady's name. Anyway, but, you know, she's just like, why, why weren't you wearing a mask? Shouldn't you just had a mask at all, all these events and everything? And Trump, I mean, he tried to push back and say, you know, like, uh, some people are recommending masks, some aren't. You know, the science is not definitive on this, as I've gone over in excruciating detail. And he made the point that it's like, you know, it's not as if anybody, like nobody wearing the mask ever gets the uh, coronavirus. He's, he kept throwing out this stat. I have no idea if it's true. 85% of people, you know, that were wearing the mask have gotten COVID or whatever, or that have gotten COVID claim to have been wearing masks religiously or something like that. Um, as I've gone over on, on several episodes, I'm very skeptical of any of these so-called studies that they've done. And they really haven't done any studies for the way that people are actually currently wearing masks, which, you know, the way we wear them is not the way they were designed to wear. And the uh, if you look at charts of different uh, countries or even different counties or cities when they instituted their mask mandates, 
uh, and you look at the the chart of um, you know, confirmed cases or anything like that, there is no correlation to masks and fewer cases or flattening the curve or anything like that. I mean, it's it's all over the map when you see these charts. And Biden kept throwing out, he's like, we if we just put the mask on, their models say we could save 100,000 lives by the end of the year or something. It's like, oh, okay, is that the same model that predicted 2 million people were going to die? Like, these models are all bullshit. This religious dedication to these masks is kind of creepy and ridiculous. I even saw, I think this was on Twitter or something, there are people talking about wearing double masks now, like putting two different masks on. I mean, this is really getting fucking insane. And why isn't anybody wearing goggles and shit like that? I mean, I've seen a couple people wearing like face, like a whole guard over their face, but double masks, like... It just reminded, I immediately thought about putting on two condoms and how that's actually, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. Double masks. <laughs> oh my God. But I thought one mask was like all you needed, right? <laughs> one mask is good, maybe two is better. I just put on, like, put on 10 masks. Why not? Idiots. Um, but anyway, I, the, as far as the town hall went, I thought it was, it was far more entertaining than Biden's just because Trump was was getting a lot of pushback from the moderator and having to field, you know, some more difficult questions. And it was just more interesting as, I mean, Trump is usually more interesting than Biden, but I thought that dynamic, I like that. I want, you know, politicians, even presidents to be um, treated with hostility all the time. Like I said, politicians are the worst people on the fucking face of the earth and we should not be, um, worshiping at their feet and treating them like fucking deities. This is bullshit. Uh, we should be holding their feet to the fire constantly, calling them out on all their bullshit. Now, I, unfortunately, this chick doesn't know, you know, what the bullshit is and what the bullshit isn't. Um, but at least she's <laughs> she at least what she thinks is bullshit. She's calling him out on it. So. Uh, props to her for that. It was a much more entertaining town hall to watch. She, she did the same thing where she um, asked them to denounce racism, which was just like, oh my God, we have to fucking go through this again. And Trump kind of went off on her for that, which was uh, pretty good to see because it, it really is fucking ridiculous how many times they're going to ask him this question. I mean, he's he's been denouncing it for like four years. There's montages on like YouTube and going across like Twitter and stuff of him being asked and him denouncing it constantly. As I talked about after the, the first debate, Chris Wallace asked him the exact same question in 2016 and he denounced it right there on the spot. And they do this thing where it's like, oh, well, you, you didn't denounce it like fast enough or you hesitated. And it's just oh, it, it's really frustrating to watch and just obnoxious. And the, the double standard that the media has, there was not from from what I understand, the reports that I've read and the um, the recaps that I've heard of the town hall. There was not one question to Joe Biden about Hunter Biden, and this was like the day after this this whole story broke with his laptop, and all these fucking emails are coming out confirming this scandal, and I guess that's a pretty good segue into this, but they didn't ask him one question about it, nothing, nothing, and I tweeted out, you know, because now the story has taken a really dark turn over the last couple of days, all this stuff has come out with, um, you know, child porn possibly being involved uh, in... Uh, possibly being on Hunter Biden's laptop. 
and there's uh, it looks like there's some at least some pictures, if not video, of him having uh, sex with underage girls. I know I've seen a one picture of him. He's doing like a line of coke off of a girl that looks to be underage. I mean, none of this has been officially confirmed yet, but there is a lot of um, a lot of interesting developments that seem to suggest that there are some teeth to this story. So we're gonna go over it, and I just. It's unbelievable that they'll, they'll ask Donald Trump to denounce racism 500 fucking thousand times. And they'll, if there was any sort of scandal, you know, surrounding Donald Trump, you know, for a fact that was going to come. That was going to be the first thing they fucking ask him about uh, during his town hall debate. And of course, they asked him about him getting covid was like the first thing they asked about. That's like the closest thing they have to a scandal now. And Joe Biden gets up there and he's, he's for an, over an hour, he's just fielding these softball fucking questions and getting no pushback and not one mention of the fact that his son ha- had this huge fucking scandal break that implicates him in all kinds of shit, uh, basically proves that he's been lying his ass off for the last few years and nothing. Not one goddamn question about it. It was just unbelievable. And they, you know, I tweeted out, I was like, after this, uh, all this stuff about child porn and, and pedophilia is, is like start, starting to surface, I wonder if the uh, corporate press is going to ask Joe Biden to denounce pedophilia and child porn. And I think we all know the answer to that question. Nobody is going to ask that question, are they? Nope, absolutely not. And now you see, I mean, this the dynamic, the, the bias of the corporate press is... On full display, it is unbelievable to see just how blatant they are with it. I mean, we went over some of the censorship, like the unprecedented censorship with the whole story. When the New York Post broke the story, you couldn't even link to it. If you put up a picture of Hunter Biden or you used one of the hashtags or you just mentioned him, they would they would lock your account down until you took down the tweet. Uh, Facebook was censoring. Can't you couldn't link to the New York Post? I mean, this is unheard of. This is absolutely ridiculous. Let's take a quick second and thank our other dear, dear, dear sponsor of the show. You know him as Lorenzotti Coffee, guys. If you like premium Italian coffee, but you hate going to these corporate, poorly managed, poorly prepared coffee houses, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, things like that, especially now where you got to put on a mask on and stand in a socially distanced line. You're going to love Lorenzotti Coffee. They deliver premium Italian coffee and coffee brewing supplies right to your door. It's a small business that was started by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who came together over their love of coffee and their desire to bring that small, independent coffee house feel back here across the pond to the United States. So what I want you to do is go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and they'll give you 10% off your order. Even if you're not a coffee drinker yourself, I'm sure you know someone who does, and these tins are beautiful. They'd make a great you know, portion of a gift basket or something like that if you wanted to send somebody that you care about a package. Go to lorenzotti.coffee, use promo code FICTION, and you'll get 10% off. All right, so, and it, I mean, it. I think it had, I guess the silver lining here is that it, it completely backfired. I, there's a term for it, I guess. It's called the, the Streisand effect. And um, 
basically what 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 ended up happening was because they censored it and the way that they censored it was so blatant and so um outrageous that it the story ended up getting a hundred thousand times more traffic and eyeballs on it than it would have if they had just let the New York Post run that story and then the mainstream media instead of uh, blocking links, sharing it, and everything like that on Twitter and Facebook, if they just let the story go and you have the the corporate press backing where they just don't, aren't going to talk about it, they won't cover it at all. Uh, then the story probably wouldn't have really gained as. It might have gained some traction, not nearly as much traction as it uh, could have gotten. And according, I guess some guys at MIT ran some numbers on this. So I have an article here. Twitter's Orwellian decision to censor Hunter Biden's laptop scandal published by the New York Post completely backfired, nearly doubling its visibility according to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and media intelligence firm Zignal Labs. The poorly thought-out ban triggered the so-called Streisand effect and helped turn a sketchy article into a must-share blockbuster. And then on Friday, the Republican National Committee filed a Federal Election Commission complaint against Twitter, claiming the ban amounts to an illegal corporate in-kind political contribution to the Biden campaign. Looking at the fire hose of Twitter shares of the URL, including original tweets, retweets, quotes, tweets, Zignal found a surge of shares immediately after Twitter instituted the block, jumping from about 5.5 thousand shares every 15 minutes to about 10,000. So Twitter is back to where it was. This is a this is a quote from Zero Hedge. So Twitter is back to where it was two days ago. Only now everyone knows about Hunter Biden's notebook. Brilliant. Uh, the Streisand effect was named after Barbara Streisand's 2003 attempt to suppress a photo of her Malibu, California residence by trying to sue a photographer for $50 million over the aerial photographs. Before Streisand's lawsuit, the photo had only been downloaded from the photographer's website six times, two of which were Streisand's attorneys. Once the story went viral, however, over 420,000 people visited the site for over, uh, over the following month. The lawsuit was dismissed, and Streisand had to pay 155000 roughly, dollars to cover the photographer's legal fees. You know, it reminds me of this um, really unflattering picture of Beyonce from one of her concerts. And if you guys are familiar with this, you might know what I'm talking about. She's striking this really unflattering pose where she looks rather mannish, and she's got like a little camel toe thing going, and it's just like... It's one of the worst pictures you could possibly imagine. It was like taken during an action shot of when she was singing or dancing or a little bit of both, I guess. It was from some concert, and this was years ago. And I guess like her, her people and her publicists threw their weight around, and they tried to get it scrubbed from the internet. The only reason that I know that this picture exists, because I don't follow Beyonce or any of that shit, is because I go on this one site it's called nine gag which is pretty you know fun if you're trying to kill time you just want to scroll through and look at videos or memes and stuff like that but there are a lot of computer geeks on there or whatever and every year like around the the anniversary of this um concert and this picture 
trying to get scrubbed from the internet, they all fucking post it like over and over again. Like never forget the internet tried to scrub this picture from like the world so we couldn't see it. And they post it a bunch more times. It's the only reason I've ever seen it is because they tried to get rid of it. If they had just left it up there, at least one less person would know about it. <laughs> and this is kind of what this whole tech censorship thing is reminding me of. So I think that may be a, a silver lining to this whole just Orwellian fucking censorship that big tech is trying to get away with. And now they've got, uh, you know, a, a federal election commission filing a complaint against them because, you know, they do this thing, Google, Facebook, Twitter, they claim to be these platforms. They're not publishers, so they can't be liable for anything that, that gets published on their site because they're not, um, you know, editing anything. They're just letting people engage in, in free expression. It's like the public square. And so they can't be like sued if you're, you know, uh, defamed or whatever like that. So they, they enjoy this special protection under government law where they can't be held liable for any bullshit that gets posted on their site. The justification for that was they weren't going to do all this kind of censorship. They said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to let people post what they want. But now they got these so-called fact checkers and they're deleting links and blocking you know, people from saying things. They're blocking uh, links from you, know, you being able to click on links and things like that. So clearly they're violating the terms of that deal so, I, I mean, I, I think this could be a lot of trouble for these um, big tech firms, hopefully. But the silver lining of this being that when they try to do this fucking bullshit, it really um, has the opposite effect of, of what they were trying to do. And a lot more people find out about these stories. But um, a, another interesting thing that's been happening, because the, um, the Democrats really don't have a defense for this, right? The, the best thing that they've been able to come up with is that this is Russia. This is another Russian conspiracy. This is Russia trying to influence the elections. This is like a, you know, a counterintelligence Russia misinformation campaign to, to screw over Joe Biden and help Trump get reelected. That has been played to death, which is absolutely ridiculous that people would still believe that uh, this is a, some sort of Russia conspiracy. But, and I'm going to get into that in a minute. But the, so the Bidens aren't denying this. Nobody has come out and denied that this story isn't true, that that wasn't his laptop or anything like that. The only people denying this are, seem to be on Wikipedia. There's been a huge battle on Wikipedia over how to cover this whole th this whole scandal. So basically, uh, somebody goes into Wikipedia and says, you know, this debunked story about Hunter Biden's laptop and these emails and these text messages tying him to Burisma, and it, it's all been debunked. And then somebody would go in and delete, and they've just been going back and forth trying to fight that out. I think right now it still says that this whole story has been debunked, which it has not. It has. It is so far from debunked. The I mean, just because they had some fucking like fifty former and of, of course fifty former intel officials, you know these um, former intelligence operatives, the senior intelligence officers come out and sign some fucking thing saying that this this really smells like a, a Russia misinformation campaign. That's as close as they've gotten to debunking it, right? They have presented no evidence to the contrary, and we keep getting more and more leaks of emails and text messages and some other 
interesting developments that I'm going to go over here. But, you know, you had uh, Adam Schiff, that fucking Russia conspiracy lying piece of shit guy who's been literally lying to your face for the last four years about Russia collusion and he's seen the, the smoking gun and all that shit. He's out in another fucking bullshit campaign to try to convince everybody that this whole uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden story is all just uh, another Russia conspiracy. And this is, you know, it, it dawned on me today that Russia is the new battle cry of the left and it's replacing racist. So if if there is no way that a story could be construed as racist, and believe me, like I'm using that that term very loosely because obviously they can come up with almost anything that would make it uh, uh, an argument for racism the way they define it. Right? They can they can almost find that needle in any haystack that they want. But when they can't, when it's not racist, it's Russia. Russia is the new racism. So if something goes against the Democratic Party or liberals in general, and it's clearly not the case that where they can scream racism or something like that, they'll just scream Russia. And, and that, that's supposed to just shut down the, the debate or whatever. And it's really, I mean, that's when you know that they've got nothing. That, that old joke, like, how do you know something's racist? Like, or how's it go? You're, racist is when you're winning a debate with a, a Democrat or something like that. Russia is the new version of that. But so I guess, yeah, this Adam Schiff guy. And, you know, I haven't been watching any of the the corporate press, like live TV or anything like that, any of these news shows. But it's my understanding that Adam Schiff was making the rounds trying to, you know, over the weekend trying to make this all about Russia again. Which, I mean, if you fucking believe that, I mean, you've got problems. There, There's just no goddamn way that this has anything to do with Russia. If you if you believe that this has something to do with Russia, I don't know where you've been for the last four years, but you've got like uh, mental problems. Like you need to get yourself checked out because um, none of this Russia stuff has ever come to fruition. The only thing, the only ties that have been proven to Russia are the ones uh, by the people making these claims, like Hillary Clinton and things like that. So uh, I guess Politico reported that the existence of this letter that was signed by 50 former senior intelligence officials who say that the Hunter Biden laptop scandal has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation, providing no new evidence while they remain deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in the case. What we know from history is the second the fucking state trots out their intelligence officials, their unnamed, you know, 50 intelligence officials, so that they can point to these guys that are supposed to have all this knowledge without providing any evidence. They just say, oh, well, this this really smells of a Russia conspiracy or this has all the, the inklings of a misinformation campaign. And if they were going to do it, they'd do it just like this and... Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, that's when you know that they're fucking trying to manipulate you. Th- this is the propaganda. And we have, I mean, we've had the guy from um, prison. His name is uh, Bevan Cooney, I think. Is that his name? Hunter Biden's business associate flips from pit prison, releasing emails de- detailing China's influence peddling operation. So emails from a former business associate. This came out, I think, on uh, maybe Friday or Saturday. Former business associate of Hunter Biden's inner circle who's serving time in prison for a 2016 investment scheme that Hunter and his colleagues used to access 
the Obama administration to peddle influence to uh, potential Chinese clients and investors, including uh, securing a private off-the-books meeting with former vice president. And and these are a completely separate batch of emails. They are unconnected to the emails that were released by the New York Post. So we've got, I guess you could say, corroborating evidence to the to the first story. But again, like <laughs> these when they when they trot out these intelligence officials that are trying to, you know, cast doubt over where this information came from. Even if it did, let's say it was um, inf- like Russia hacked the, the laptop or something and they got their hands on these emails and these text messages and all this shit and they turned it over to uh, Breitbart or Fox News or something. It, it doesn't matter that it came from Russia if it's true. So, like, who cares where the information comes from if it uncovers a, a scandal? I mean, that, that's really all that we should care about is the, the search for the truth. What happened here? And like I said on the last episode, I don't think that the whole, you know, Hunter Biden getting paid a lot of money and, and kicking some up to his father and everything is, a, is that big of a, a scandal. I mean, we all kind of know that that goes on and people just sort of ignore it because, well, he's on my political team and so I don't care about that. And if a Republican does it, it's like, well, you know, the, the Democrats do it too and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, so everybody knows that this, this shit goes on that they peddle their influence. I mean, this is why everyone wants to get into politics. It's why all these scumbags become politicians for their life, right? They they get these very lucrative positions where, you know, their salary is only a couple hundred grand, but they get to peddle their influence around the world. And since our government is the, the biggest, most powerful government, they've got trillions of dollars at their disposal, well, they get to sell that, and they get to sell that power and influence for a lot of money. And even after they leave office, they can still make millions of dollars peddling that influence. And that's why we've got the, the worst kinds of scumbags in politics. Uh, that's why their kids are getting fucking rich off of this. They're scumbag kids. And that's why you've got lobbyists everywhere um, lobbying for government influence, right? As long as the government is going to be um, controlling every aspect of our lives and and having seemingly unlimited powers and unlimited capabilities to influence your daily life well there there's going to be a massive lobbying industry over uh, around this that is is trying to buy that influence and the politicians are more than happy to sell it that's why all of them fucking get into this there are very few if any good politicians that aren't for for sale that aren't engaging in this type of behavior so this whole Russia angle is complete bullshit. You should you you don't even have to look into the story to know that it's bullshit because you've seen them do this song and dance before. We just watched them do it for three years. Oh, 14 uh, intelligence agencies all confirmed that this is a Ru- yeah, Russia influenced the elections with Facebook ads and memes and Okay, this is all just a fucking bunch of bullshit. We've seen this act before. Don't fall for it again. But now we've got, I mean, there's just, the, the they keep just trickling down uh, new information to us. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. But I don't know if it's the best approach. I mean, I get that you don't want to drop it all at once so that the media can just ignore it all at once. However, there's only like two weeks left before the election. So there... It looks like there's a lot to unpack here, and if you just keep 
if it just keeps cascading down, I feel like people might get overwhelmed and tune it out or just you're not going to have enough time for the effect of this story to have an effect on the outcome of the election, if it even is going to. I mean, like I said, the whole uh, pay-to-play kind of thing, I don't think that's going to move the needle. I think statist voters are going to justify that away, being like, well, okay, but Donald Trump is literally Hitler, so um, I'm okay with that. The other stuff with Hunter Biden that we're going to get into right now with the child porn and the pedophilia stuff, that is definitely a, a much bigger deal, in my opinion, and it could sway some voters. But again, it's it's his kid. And w- my first reaction, when you start reading some of the, the text messages between him and his dad, and it, you start seeing like some of these emails and things, you kind of feel bad for Hunter Biden. At least I did. I was like, man, this guy's like fucking... He's, he's an addict. He's clearly addicted to, to drugs and having a lot of problems. And he's like he's like the, uh, the black sheep of his family, you know, and his, he's like screwing up his dad's chances for president. And they're telling him, you know, that he's a fuck up and all this stuff. And so you do kind of feel for him on, on some level where it's just like, man, this is just kind of sad that uh, this is the relationship he has with his family and, and the, the drugs have just completely ruined his life. But then you find out that there might be a, a chance that he's been banging a bunch of underage kids and all that's all my sympathy kind of goes out the window at that point. I mean, that's just the most despicable thing that you could pretty much do. And I have an article here. So this is just so you guys know, like, I, I don't know for sure if, if any of this stuff is is um, 100% true or anything like that. But it's starting to look like there's something there. It's at least worth exploring. Let's take a second and thank our other sponsor for today's show. And that, of course, is Matt Octung, Raleigh's digital marketing dude. Digital marketing is just a vital thing to know, have, and understand how to do this day and age. You can't run a business without having a digital footprint. And so for any of you listeners out there who have your own business or you're thinking about starting your own side gig, you know somebody who does, who's struggling to get the internet attention that they need, you got to have them get in touch with Matt Octung, Google Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude. He comes right up. He'll be the first one in the Google search, and that's what he's going to do for your company. 75% of all views, clicks, and calls go to the first three businesses that show up when you Google something like, hey, is show me a restaurant near me. The first three guys that come up are the ones who get 75% of the views. So if you want your share of that 75% and you want your business to start appearing at the top of these searches instead of on page six in the Google search, if you want people to actually see your business and frequent your business and click on your links, you got to Google Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude. He's a digital marketing consultant and he doesn't just handle the Raleigh, North Carolina area. He can work with you no matter where you are. And right now for business owners and listeners of the Peddling Fiction podcast, Podcast, he's offering free digital marketing consultations. So he'll teach you how to conquer your local search problems. He'll help you build reviews, optimize your social media, learn how to run Google and Facebook ads and convert leads into paying customers and clients. So Google Matt.
Matt, Raleigh's Digital Marketing Dude. Get your free consultation. I mean, it's free. You've got literally nothing to lose. Tell him I sent you and give your small business digital superpowers. Okay. And so the, the emails and texts came to light in a series of New York Post stories on the contents of a laptop, presumably belonging to Hunter Biden. Sometime uh, someone dropped off the laptop at a computer repair shop to have its hard drive content recovered. That customer never paid and never returned for the device or its contents. So the store owner was disturbed by the laptop's content, fearing for his safety. He released the hard drive to the FBI in December of 2019. When the FBI failed to follow up on the disturbing contents, the shop owner turned over a copy of the contents to former federal prosecutor Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, in turn, released the, the material to the New York Post. Okay, so now I, I don't know how computer repair shops work. Like, if you, you bring your laptop in and you don't claim it. I mean, it, it seems a little weird to me that this guy would be fishing around on the laptop, but I guess, you know, once it's once it's yours, you, you open it up, you go into it, and, I mean, you can find all kinds of shit on there. I, I don't know if he feared for his, um, feared for his safety or whatever, but I, I guess when you have, you know, the, the Clinton cr- crime family out there, you, you never know. But that just kind of sounds like a bullshit excuse to me. So I don't maybe this guy um, votes Republican or something like that. But again, it doesn't really matter from my perspective where the information comes from or how we get it as long as the information is valid. Right. So if this all turns out to be a bunch of bullshit and the whole thing was fabricated somehow, then that's that's one thing. But it's it's really starting to look like this is all legitimate. So I don't really care if if this guy, you know, hacked into the computer and stole it or or whatever. I just want to know what's going on and if we're going to uncover, you know, a pedophile ring or something. That's all I care about. The, the fact that he he made like a duplicate copy just in case is kind of weird to me. So that that's a little um suspicious, but then at, at the same time, I mean, look at Hunter Biden. This guy is clearly a fucking crackhead who know like, you know, um, it's definitely plausible to me that he would just drop off this laptop and completely forget about it in some fucking drug-induced state. I mean, this guy is a total train wreck. The other interesting thing is that the FBI didn't follow up on it. Now, why didn't the FBI follow up on it? And then you start to ask yourself, well, was Joe Biden influencing them to sort of um, not look at this story or, you know, to, to sort of put the kibosh on it? That certainly seems like it could be possible to me. I mean, the FBI ha- has clearly been um, corrupted, right? And and they've been, you know, going after the Trump campaign for years. It, it's, it's definitely plausible that somebody from the Biden campaign or from the old Obama administration would be more than willing to sit on this story. And then you have to wonder where all the money's going because apparently half of um, Hunter Biden's salary was being kicked up to Joe Biden. So, I, I mean, the idea that Joe Biden, and that, that was revealed in a, a text message, a text message to his daughter. So in one text message, Hunter Biden tells his daughter, Naomi, she can't keep living like a billionaire's daughter because her dad is broke. Again, like these, these text messages, are, they kind of make you feel bad for this guy. I mean, he's making millions of dollars, and yet he never has a fucking penny to his name. And I think that was, if you read the text message, she needs like 150 bucks put into her account because uh she like overdrew her uh 
account and needed to get a lift or something like that. So it, it is just a, a really sad story of what fucking drugs and, and alcohol can do to your life. But then in like the next text message, he's, he's saying like, yeah, my dad takes half of all, all this money that, that I'm making from all these uh, cushy positions that no doubt he's getting. So I mean, it's not like uh, Joe Biden can claim that he's not aware of anything that's going on. He clearly knows that um, he's at least making all this money. And why would he be making any of this money if it, if it weren't for the fact that Joe Biden is the vice president? And then why does he want half of it? I mean, it's not like Joe Biden is struggling to make money. So what's he taking half that money and doing with it, right? Now, of course, Hunter Biden could just be lying. I don't know why he would tell his daughter that, but I, I suppose that's that's certainly plausible. And we don't, at this point, I don't think we have definitive proof that anything has been authenticated on the laptop. But I mean, it's it's looking like it's pretty authentic. Like I said, nobody is actually, the, the Bidens are not denying any of this. They're just saying that, oh, Russia got it. You know, this is a whole Russia conspiracy. Now, the real interesting thing included in the New York Post photos was the FBI's subpoena for the laptop. Okay, and you can see through the top page of the subpoena was FBI Special Agent's signature Joshua Wilson. As Western Journal describes it, Joshua Wilson works a specific kind of crime. Child porn. He's their child porn crime guy. Okay, FBI grand jury subpoenas for Hunter's laptop. You can clearly see that that, uh, that is the signature there. And sorry, I'm looking at it right now. In 2012, Wilson was described by the Star Ledger, a New Jersey based newspaper, as an FBI agent based in New Jersey who spent nearly five years working full time on child pornography. Most recent news articles suggest Wilson has also worked child abduction cases. A child pornography criminal complaint from 2012 includes Wilson's signature, seemingly an exact match to what was found on the December subpoena. Both Western Journal and the left-leaning Business Insider confirm that the special agent's signature belongs to the same Joshua Wilson. Uh, this is from the Business Insider now. It's unclear whether the FBI employs more than one Joshua Wilson. I, I guess I suppose there's you know, it's a pretty common name, first and last. But the available evidence seems to show that the Joshua Wilson who signed the subpoena for Hunter Biden's laptop and the Joshua Wilson who investigates child pornography for the FBI are the same person. This raises the possibility, not explored by the Post, that the FBI issued the subpoena for reasons unrelated to Hunter Biden's role in Ukraine and Burisma. So the reason they're actually going for this is because there's some fucking weird pedophilia child porn ring going on that could be possibly un, uh, discovered here. The shop owner has told several news outlets that he did not see any child pornography on the hard drive, but those news outlets also confirm that the shop owner has severe vision problems. Some commenters have described him as legally blind. So, I mean, if he didn't see that, I don't understand, like, what was so disconcerting about this laptop, like why he was fearing for his life, I guess, just based off of these emails. Anyway, suppose the uh, FBI Child Pornography and Exploitation Division is investigating the laptop. In that case, we begin to see possible answers to the two burning questions. Why did Hunter Biden agree to share his income with his wealthy father? And why has the FBI failed to act on the laptop's contents? 
So this is, I'm reading right now from the, the Gateway Pundit, and they start to speculate, you know, was Hunter Biden being blackmailed by his own father? We know Hunter Biden exploited his father's position as vice president to win ridiculously lucrative jobs with Ukrainian energy company Burisma, several Chinese companies and, and officials, and he got a $3.5 million gift from the wife of Moscow's mayor. We learned from the New York Post story that Hunter Biden seems to have arranged a meeting between Burisma and uh, Burisma executive and Joe Biden in 2015. We know that Joe Biden got a Ukrainian prosecutor fired in exchange for a billion-dollar gift to the Ukrainian government. We just learned that Joe Biden demanded at least half of his son's vast income and that Hunter Biden complied with his father's demands. And now we know the FBI sent its child porn expert to seize Hunter Biden's laptop. We also know that Hunter Biden has lived a troubled life. The Navy kicked him out for drug abuse. Uh, He fathered a child he denies and refuses to support. Photos both in the press and on the hard drive reveal a uh, Playboy's lifestyle, travel, drinking, drugs, and women, and constant financial problems despite uh, millions of dollars of income. So you have you have that whole whole angle to consider, and then you have this. Um, there's this Chinese uh, dissident, and there's an internet uh, poster linked to this dissident living in the U.S. wrote on September 25th about videos and dossiers coming out that would damage Biden. An account linked to a, the dissident uh, Guo Wangui also hyped three hard disk drives of videos shortly before Hunter Biden hard drive information emerged. Giuliani is promising additional information 10 days before the election. And the way they write these internet articles is really hard to just have a a nice flow to them. But on top of that, on Friday, a Dutch journalist revealed that Steve Bannon had boasted on September 28th, I have the hard drive of Hunter Biden. Bannon was asked what's on it, and he replied, you'll see, stand by, stand by, stand by. Both developments were reported by the Daily Beast. The Post raises new questions about the origins of the information about Joe Biden's son. The initial posting of the rumor came from a Chinese-language YouTube channel, Ding Gang, which is linked to fugitive Chinese dissident billionaire Guo Wangui, who is advised by former chief White House strategist Steve Bannon. Guo, Guo, I don't know, is a vocal uh, public opponent of the ruling Chinese Communist Party. The post shows a man on YouTube channel making cryptic predictions on September 25th. The Daily Beast reported long before the first publication of the material on October 14th. The Chinese language stream was picked up by a Twitter account called Himalaya Global, which tweeted, Bombshell, three hard disk drives of video and dossier of Hunter Biden's connections with the Chinese Communist Party have been sent to Nancy Pelosi and Department of Justice. Big money and sex scandal may come out soon. In the video, the man spoke about three, Jesus Christ, yeah, we get it, three discs, which claimed had been sent by the Politburo of the Chinese Communist Party to the U.S. Department of Justice and to Nancy Pelosi. Both Ding and Himalaya Global are linked to Wang Wei and Bannon. So, I mean, here's another angle to this story. I mean, there's it, it's kind of all over the place, but the idea that this is a, a Russian misinformation campaign... I think we could uh, throw that out of the you know throw that out the window, but it is just kind of weird. We're seeing all of these like weird pushes to to sort of um, normalize pedophilia, all this weird stuff coming from the left. Where uh, you know we had the whole cuties thing a few weeks ago. If you you know follow any of this weird 
stuff. You know, they, they've tried to just justify away pedophilia in recent years. And you, you just have to wonder what the hell is going on here. And they even asked, they asked Donald Trump to disavow QAnon during his uh, town hall. I thought that was, uh, that was kind of a weird question, but he basically, uh, he's like, I don't know. I don't know QAnon. She's like, well, it's like, it's this uh, conspiracy theorist that says, you know, the Democrats are all uh, a bunch of pedophiles and they're running these, you know, pedophile rings. And he's like, well, I don't know about that, but I do disavow pedophilia. And that was just kind of a weird question to, to come up the day after this story broke. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of weird shit going on here, and we're kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop. But it, it's looking like there might be some real creepy pedophilia stuff going on here. And if that is the case, we could there there could be some some pretty big implications for for the election. But it's got to come out like they can't uh, ten days before the election. There's already been like 35 million people have have already voted with with mail in ballots or something like that. Like the early voting is off the charts. So I, I don't know if you wait much longer how much of an effect this story can have, even if it does turn out to be 100% true. One thing is for sure, it has not been debunked. As far as I can tell, none of this has been debunked. None of it's even been denied, really. They're just trying to pawn it off on some Russia misinformation campaign, which we know is complete bullshit. And then the only other, you know, um, I, I've seen Biden got asked about this, and, and he was just like, oh, you know, I know you're. this is just a smear campaign kind of thing. But they're, they're not... They're not denying that these were that that this wasn't his laptop, that this these weren't his emails and his text messages and things. So as far as I know, uh, none of this has been debunked yet, and there's a lot of um, a lot of interesting things coming out here that we're going to have to pay attention to over the the next uh, few days or so. To me, the real thing is not the the Burisma thing or even taking the money from the, the Chinese companies. Like, I, I guess that would play much better into Trump's hand because he's been so anti-China, you know. But I just don't I feel like people will be able to explain that away. Oh, this is politics, right? This is just how they do it. But if your son is busted in like a fucking pedophilia ring and you're going around sniffing fucking kids and talking about how you like them jumping on your lap and rubbing your legs up, your leg hair up and down and shit like that. And you're doing like weird, sucking your wife's finger. You're just doing all kinds of weird shit. And there were already sort of, there are allegations of sexual abuse that have come from women uh, against you. And, and now this, and it's just like, Okay, this could get this could get kind of bad for old creepy Joe once the once the next shoe drops if it does. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this one. I've you know we've all been kind of waiting for this big October surprise, and I don't know if this whole Hunter Biden story is going to be it or not. I, I was kind of thinking that the October surprise was going to be they got something on Trump. They got something on Donald Trump that's going to be really bad. But it's looking more and more like the October surprise might just be that they don't have anything on Trump. And that's what's surprising. And Biden corruption keeps getting more and more exposed. And, and, the, and the stories are being censored by the mainstream media and things like that. And uh, the, you know, the big tech firms. Maybe the October surprise is they don't have shit on Trump. They can, uh, all they can do is hit him for masks and, and, say, and blame him for all of COVID, like every single COVID death. And I just don't see that playing very well. Anyway, 
I went pretty uh, pretty long with that. So I had some some other stuff I was planning on talking about, but we got the debate coming in two days, so I will be watching that. Follow me on Twitter for that because I always tweet live during the debate. Um, don't forget to check out the the YouTube channel. We got a lot of content going up there now, and there's some shorter, more shareable clips. You know, I'm always asking you guys to share the show for me. Well, you don't even have to share the whole show now because I just rambled for about an hour, um, maybe even a little longer. Justin's been putting out clips, you know, four-minute clips, five-minute clips of the, the, the best content of the show, and those are you know, much easier to share, things like that. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it there for today, guys. Uh, Friday will be a debate recap, and then Monday, don't forget to check me out on the Lions of Liberty podcast, and I will try to put out an episode on Monday as well. Hopefully there'll be some news to talk about. I don't know, since I'm doing a Friday episode, Monday might be a little too soon for something unless there's news to break over the weekend. We'll have to wait and see. So uh, until then, guys, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.